Hey, Potsters, this is the part three of the series of Money Talks Bullshit Walks, summon it through the 80s. We're with Mike Freeman, Pete Burson, and myself, Joe Willard here, cruising up to between 84 and 86. Stay tuned. Because wasn't there two train companies? Yeah, Conrail. Right. Which became um, SEPTA. Right. Um, yeah, I think Conrail trains came into the Reading Terminal train shed. Yeah, that's that. Um, yeah. Before '84, I and think that's how it worked. Um, but then, I think in that year the commuter tunnel opened. Right. Which, which you've talked about with Edmund Bacon. Right. And that was a whole, a whole thing unto itself, and. That that um, that created Market East. I, I I would I would call it now. What do they call it now? Jefferson Station. Is that what they slap, slapped the name on there? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Second biggest employer in the city now. Is it? Yep. Who's the I'm biggest? Penn. Penn. Yeah. And that that includes uh, the medical school. The health system. Yeah. Their health system. Yeah. I didn't know that, and this is the history of Philadelphia. <laughs> um, that's, that's good work. You know, another thing about the commuter tunnel is Suburban Station became what it is today just because of that. And what it used to be was really run down. Not that it's a, not that it's a glorious spot now, but it's okay. But it used to be really bad. Well... You and I have been at Market East uh, for several uh, fireworks uh, on New Year's uh, Eve, and it, I would say it's pretty damn clean and well lit, whereas Suburban Station is still pretty much of a dump. I don't know. What do you think, Joe? It's a nice place to go to and have a nice meal, a nice lunch meal. Is that where you go? Oh, yeah. Down home diner? Yeah. Classic place, classic. Um, so in 84, I, I will mention that uh, going back to football uh, for uh, a second, they, the Eagles were still coached by the Swamp Fox, Marion Campbell, um, and they were still lousy. Ron Jaworski was their quarterback, and he uh, – I don't remember when, but his leg got broken, and it may have been against the Giants or the Redskins. And he was uh, replaced by another Polish rifle, Joe Pisarczyk. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, but one thing did happen, uh, and that is that there was a league called the United States Football League, and the best player in that league was a guy by the name of Reggie White. Uh, and uh, White had played at Tennessee in, in college, and somehow he was on the Memphis something or another. And when the league broke up, uh, somehow, and I'm not sure of all the details, but Reggie ended up here. <laughs> a little-known fact or a forgotten fact that there was a team called the New Jersey Generals, and that team was owned by, drumroll please, Donald J. Trump. I thought, he, I thought he tried to buy it, but he couldn't. I thought he bought it, and they, they had it for a year, and the, the league folded, but maybe I'm wrong. 
but I know Trump was associated either as the owner or as the uh, person who wanted to buy them, which, which would be fitting since they went out of business and he still wanted to buy them. Uh, <laughs> so, so much for the business acumen of, of uh, Donald J or Asian oranges. Some people call it. Uh, and in 80, 84, they, they, the Eagles finished, uh, I think it was six and nine. And they had a tie in there, I think. Uh, anyway, uh, it goes without saying, they didn't make the playoffs. <laughs> well, the Flyers did. And the Flyers made it to the Stanley Cup, but they lost to the Edmonton Oilers. And, and did those Oilers feature some guy named Wayne Gretzky? I don't know. I don't remember. Probably, though. Yeah, Flyers had a great team that year. And the Phillies, uh, I think they finished out of the, the running, but Schmidt hit another 35 or 36 home runs. And Juan Samuel uh, was on the team. And uh, I, I think that um, Samuel th stole like a billion bases on that team. Uh, and, 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 I should note that there was a really mediocre pitcher on that team named Larry Anderson. And Anderson uh, was really pretty mediocre, but as it turns out, Anderson, you know, he's a much better broadcaster than he was a pitcher. You can, you can hear him uh, on the radio and you'll hear him doing color commentary with uh, Scott Fransky, uh, and they're both pretty damn funny. Uh, but of course, they're not as good as the great Richie Ashburn and Harry Callis. Uh, they, Callis and Ashburn was, were around for like 25 years, and Callis won a million, I mean, he won just about every broadcasting award uh, you, you could uh, think of. Uh, and I believe he's also in the Hall of Fame. Joe, we know that Harry died right before, I think it was the 09 season. Do you know anything about where Joe, Joe, do you know where Harry was interned, so to speak? Interned? Certainly interned in Philadelphia. Uh, but folks should go visit Laurel Hill Cemetery off of uh, sandwich in between uh, the East River Drive and Ridge Avenue. Right. Very historic, uh, very old, of one of the first cemeteries in the United States, 1830s, I believe it created. And you'll see a microphone as his tombstone. And, Highly recommend it. And three chairs from the vet. That's right. You can sit down there and have a chit chat with him. And, wow. And if you like walking around graveyards, uh, and I've done this with Joe. Uh, there's a lot of interesting stuff there. So that's a little bit of long Philadelphia history, but Laurel Hill, and it's really, it sits right above the Shorekill River. And um, it's, it's a pretty impressive place and it's huge. It really is big. A lot of Civil War people. I think the largest uh, cemetery for uh, Civil War uh, soldiers is, is Laurel Hill, but if not, it is now. Yeah, we did say it's not about facts, it's about legend, right? Exactly, that's exactly right. Uh, if the facts get in the way, they get in the way. Uh, and I, I think uh, Mike quit 
I'm not sure if it was 84 or 85. Anyway, Mike Quick caught the longest pass in Eagles history, who I, and I believe it was 99 yards. Uh, and the Eagles had a, a safety named Wes Hopkins. Uh, he was great. Hopkins was a total assassin. Uh, of course, um, they did things uh, somewhat differently in football than they, they do these names um, these days. And the, the Eagles had a new owner named Norman Brayman. Uh, and he was a car dealer from Florida. And I think that's the best thing I can say about Brayman. Uh, the word cheap really does come to mind. Um, Mike, what it, or Joe, either one of you, do you remember anything about the Norman Brayman era? I remember he gave um, Mike Quick an empty golf bag for his, um, his gift upon his retirement. And, and, and Quick, of course, um, they didn't give him any golf clubs, just an empty bag. Is just that the empty bag. He was a classy guy. Uh, I think he still owns, or his family still owns, some dealerships down in uh, southern Florida. Um, yeah, that's right. Fancy cars. They, they, um, they were not a great team in, in back then. The '85, Mike. Do you remember anything that went on in '85? I mean, '85. I, I think we all remember was move. It was the. It had Live Aid. We had the perfect game. Um, <laughs> '85. Really, there were a, a lot of things that occurred. Um, and Wilson Good was uh, obviously a uh, a person who was. You know, he, he was the one who made uh, a really bad, bad decision uh, with regard to move, and it, it turned into a deadly decision. Uh, we've talked about 85 before, um, and they're still today, and this is, uh, what, November 12th of, of 2020, and city council, I think today, uh, voted that the city the city would apologize to uh, about move. So it's, it still looms over us um, even to today. I think some of the, um, some of the Africa's showed up at the Black Lives Matter protest. Um, I, that I, I, I don't know. I, I would not at all be surprised. Yeah, um, council passed that resolution today, formally apologizing yeah. 35 years later. And I think uh, several months ago, uh, Good himself uh, apologized. But he's been apologizing for years. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Joe and I have talked about it because so many things have happened or happened during his, uh, his two terms. We had the first black police commissioner. We had the first black uh, school district uh, superintendent who also was the first black female woman uh, who headed up the school district. So it, it really was uh, uh, 85, the whole good administration, which we talked about, there were a, a number of things that were sort of turning points for the city that um, people really overlook. And obviously the, the reason they overlook is 
I've been saying for the last few minutes is because of, of, of move, but there were a number of different things that if you look back on them were really sort of turning points for the city. Yeah, no question. Um, it's a shame about Wilson Good because he, um, of course, he went on to win a second term, but he was pretty ineffective after what happened in 1985. Yeah, uh, I would say, and, and we talked about it, but uh, the political, the, the, the political, uh, the, the black class of, the, of that, they, they all had their own fiefdoms, so to speak, but they all rallied around good. Uh, and he won in 87, uh, he got his, he got uh, reelected. And that was sort of a big thing that he got reelected and that all of the players, so to speak, from all over the city uh, that were players in, in the political community, particularly the black community, uh, they came around and they, they supported him. The, uh, I think, you know, Good wasn't a politician. Uh, he was, I think, Mike, didn't you say he was sort of a technocrat? Yes. Yes, for sure. Well, did city council try to grab more power away from him? Because, you know, the city charter has this as a strong mayor format. Um, but there were some pretty strong city council personalities, John Street being one of them, um, who were pretty strong. Did yeah. you hear them try to take power? As I recall, Street was a pretty big backer of his. Yeah, uh, and, and I think the one thing about street, I mean, not street, uh, the one thing about good is I don't think anybody really thought that he had uh, any corruption about him. Uh, he made a lot of bad decisions, but I don't think anybody viewed him as corrupt. And I think that was one of the things that sort of galvanized the support that he got, that nobody really, you know, they knew he was made bad decisions, but they didn't view him as a corrupt politician. Mm. No, not at all. And maybe, maybe um, incompetent, somewhat incompetent. Yeah, um, I think that would be a pretty good description. And yeah. Mike, we talked about it earlier, but I think that in and, in and around that, those years, that's when the Liberty Place started into to action. I don't know if it was directly into 85, but in and around that time, uh, I believe that that's when Liberty Place uh, got started and that's when Philadelphia began to develop a skyline. And we talked about uh, Bacon's thought as the city planner, but I think that that was, that was also in, in the good era. Um, Philadelphia started to turn into a modern city not saying yeah. it happened under him, but it, it started to. Yeah, he, he did a lot of good. He, he, he accomplished things um, in government that were very positive. I mean, if it's unfair to view him as incompetent because of the move debacle. Clearly, he screwed all that up, but um, it shouldn't define his whole um, two terms. Uh, I, you know, the only thing is, and we've said it, it does. Yeah. Uh, so in 85, uh, the Sixers lost uh, to the hated Boston Celtics. Uh, 
And um, of course that goes back to the land before time. Uh, but the Sixers and the Celtics are basketball's version of the Eagles and the Cowboys. But in 85, uh, the Sixers got this guy named Charles Barkley. And <laughs> he was their number, he wasn't the number one pick in the draft, but he was their number one pick. And uh, he was like, as a player, uh, he was a jumping trash compactor. Uh, now he runs his mouth uh, and he can't play golf. But the dude, as they would say, is was a baller. Um, and they finished, I think it was 58 and 24. They were they were a good team, but as I said, they lost to the Celtics, I think, in the Eastern Conference Championship. Who else was on that team? I think Moses was still there. Doc might have still been there. I think Andrew Tony was on there. They, uh, and Daryl Dawkins was in there, still naming his dunks. Rest in peace, Daryl. Uh, so they, they had a good team. There's no doubt about it. But uh, the Celtics were better. <laughs> I would never admit that then. Um, and, and the 85 Phils were, were managed by your favorite manager, Mike, John Felsky. <laughs> yeah he was um next to um sandberg aka stonehenge he was probably one of the worst managers in philly philly's history and of course um mike schmidt hit 35 more home runs that year and there was a their best pitcher was um i believe it was kevin gross and they finished uh, 75 and 87. And that was, of course, entirely on merit. And um, they were just a pretty bad baseball team. <laughs> you know, I'm just looking at the Sixers roster from that year, 85. Yeah. And Terry Catledge, remember him? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. First round pick. Yeah. He couldn't play um, a lick. Yeah. I think he, I think he had a drug issue. Um, Bob McAdoo was on that team. Wow. I, I did not remember that. I didn't either. Joe, did you remember that? No, but uh, Sedale Freed was on. I used to love that guy. He was Sedale. awesome. He also was not uh, shy about shooting. No, no. But of, and, course, of course, when you talk about not shy about shooting, you have to talk about Lloyd Freed, um, who, of course, changed his name the world be free and uh, Lloyd and or world was really never shy about shooting. And there was no three point shot back then. Uh, they did have in the NBA, the 24 shot, 24 second shot clock, but Lloyd was, or world B was not afraid to launch a basketball from anywhere past half quarter. They won <laughs> 54 uh, games that year. They did. Uh, and, um, they, uh, but they, as I said, they, they, they lost to the Celtics, I think, in the Eastern Conference Finals. No, no, no. They, they beat Washington Bullets, so they must have lost the playoffs. Yeah. That's what uh, they, they, they lost in the playoffs, I think, to, to the Celtics. Oh, no, my bad. No, semifinals against the Bucks. Oh, all right. And then, of course... Mike, we, we, I guess we've talked really about the city in 85 um, and, and good uh, and the bad and the ugly. 
but in 86, uh, the Eagles uh, had a new coach. And he became sort of a folk hero here. And that would have been Buddy Ryan. And he, he, uh, he was from someplace down south. But uh, he wasn't from here. But his team played like they all grew up here. I mean, they were just absolute headhunters and killers. Uh, they had Reggie White. They had Clyde Simmons. Uh, they played like uh, that team. I mean, they were a, a precursor as to why the NFL began to take safety actions like no head-to-head -head contact, uh, sliding was was okay. You 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 couldn't now you can't, but then they would be able to hit quarterbacks after they threw the ball, um, and they just they were a bunch of bell ringers. They had a lot of people that I'm sure. Uh, were concussed, as they say. And <laughs> I don't know, or Joe, was Troy Aikman playing then? Or am I getting my decades mixed I'd up? i have to look it up. Uh, but to your point, uh, Andre Wooders, may yeah. his soul rest in peace. He was on that team. He was a, a hell of a safety. But um, He had that brain injury. What, what do they yeah. call that? Mike? Yeah, he had it. And uh, I think he killed himself driving the wrong way onto some the entrance of a highway. It wasn't the expressway. Um, but they, they, I think they did an autopsy, and they found out that he did suffer from that. Yeah. Andre yeah. Him and Wes Hopkins were two of my favorite all-time Eagles. Yeah, Hopkins was great. And Brian Dawkins, Hopkins. too. Before, before Hopkins hurt his leg, he yeah. was – Really, really good. I remember receivers from opposing teams used to ask before the game. They'd ask uh, the, some of the guys on the Eagles, "How's West today? Is he in a good mood?" Because they didn't want to get killed. And they would anyway. Um, yeah. They. They. Um, but I just am trying to remember if Aikman was playing back then, um, because that they had. Uh, the, the Cowboys were here and they had what is now known as the body bag game. I think Aikman was sacked 11 times. And, yeah, I remember that. And he, uh, I don't know how many other times he was hit after he passed, but uh, when he talks on television about the Eagles, he sort of has this smirk about what happened to him. And I think that that happened, that game might have happened in 86 or 87. Uh, no, he wasn't in the league till 89. All right. So it happened in the early 90s, I think. But yeah. uh, that was also part of the Eagles and the Cowboys uh, and their 60-year, 90-year, 100-year war. Um, but really the big problem with, with Buddy's team uh, is that he really didn't have a lot of interest in scoring points. Which I, I think is too bad because the way it works is whoever scores the most points wins. So that was yeah. the, that, that was the, the only problem that that Buddy had. Uh, the, the Randall Cunningham, uh, he was you know sort of a prototype uh, for quarterback in the NFL as to what they are now. He could run, he could jump. He was a, really an amazing uh, quarterback. 
but they didn't really put anybody around him. And and a, a little known fact about Randall, maybe you both know this, but he is now the team chaplain for the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, I guess I heard that. Uh, and of course, uh, the Eagles finished five and ten that year. But Buddy, to this day, remains a beloved member of the Philadelphia city fabric. Absolutely. He and Randall's daughter is a championship athlete. She's a hurdler, I think. Really? Track, well, yeah, she's track and field. She, he was an incredible athlete. Um, and I, I think he played, and I think he may well have been from Las Vegas because I think that's where he played college ball at uh, University of Nevada, Las Vegas. But I may be yeah, wrong. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And uh, I think um, I don't really in '86. Uh, wasn't Fels? I, I think the John Felsky uh, era was. Uh, I, I think he was. That was his second year as the manager of the Fighting Phils. That sounds right. And they had they 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 had a pretty good team. Uh, they finished. 85, 85 and 75, and Schmidt, of course, carried them. He won his third MVP, um, and they finished second. Uh, Kevin Gross was still their best pitcher. And, uh, of course, it, after the season in 85, we have to say, uh, that's when Pelly Lindbergh uh, killed, got, well, he didn't got killed. He liked to drive with the long pedal. He had, I think, a portion. He crashed his car somewhere in, in South Jersey and um, died not very long after the 85 uh, hockey season. And I believe he was, he had that year, in 80, the, the 85 season, he might have won the best goalie uh, award Joe, what's the yeah? He he did win it, and I think it was '85 and all when they went to Stanley Cups. Um, yeah, he was on his way to being a Hall of Famer. Right. And yeah, he liked to drive cars fast. Unfortunately for him, and um, then I think in '86 they they the Flyers um, went to the to the Stanley Cup Finals again and. Some guy named Wayne Gretzky from the Edmonton Oilers thwarted them again, uh, and they beat the Flyers in the uh, in the Stanley Cup. And I'm not positive, uh, Joe. You seem to know more about uh, the Flyers than either Mike and I. But I think that's when Ron Hextall became became one of their their, their became the next goalie. Uh, not that year, not yet. They did have Craig Berube, who just uh, as a coach won Stanley Cup last time around. Wow. Um, Craig Berube. Mike, do you remember him? I do, yes. Well, uh, you guys are ahead of me. Actually, Pete, you're right. Ron Hextall was there. Wow. I'm right. Man, you are, you are a Flyers fan. I didn't know that. We should, we should definitely stop while we're ahead on this podcast. Uh, so, so uh, I think then the Hextall and 
and Lindbergh, and of course the great Bernie Perrant were the three best uh, goalies the the uh, Flyers ever had, and I think Hextall might have been in the Hall of Fame, and Bernie Perrant is too. I'm not positive of that. I can't remember. Doug Favell was had his up and downs. I don't know if he made it to the Hall of Fame though. Um, now we're talking, ladies and gentlemen, potsters out there. We're talking about a land before time when we talk about Bernie Perrant and and uh, Doug Favell. Was that it? Dougie Favell, yeah. 